Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. So I've gotten some calls and emails about the group coaching that I mentioned. And yes, it was not the best timing to take a few weeks off while I'm getting ready to do group coaching, but I needed it to recharge my batteries. And if this business is not fun, I'm not going to keep doing it. And so fun to me means freedom, freedom to decide I need a break. Um, So anyway, we're going to start it in a couple of weeks, mid-January-ish, if you're still interested in group coaching. And if you're a woman who finds yourself sort of in a career quandary where you're like, I don't think I can keep going, but I don't know what I want to do. Not ready to quit, or maybe I want to quit, but I don't know what I want to do. And you just sort of keep looping like this in your brain. I think you should consider group coaching. So I can give you the details. Um, You can go to my website too. It's coachhopecook.com. And I've put as many details as I can on there, including the cost. Um, But reach out via email and let me know if you're interested. It's hope.cook at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. As y'all know, I took a couple of weeks off to reevaluate what I want out of life, what I want out of this business, this podcasting. Um, And it was such a nice break. This is going to change your life if you can take a couple of weeks and just say no to everything other than things you have to do like work. And even better if you can time it so that you get a week off of work or you have a vacation planned and you can just say no to as many things as you can. It will really allow you to step back and look at your life from a different angle. So it all sort of hit me when we were celebrating my birthday at our neighbor's lake house. So they have just so kindly let us stay at their lake house two different birthdays. So it's December, it's cold, we're not swimming in the lake, but it's in the Blue Ridge Mountains about an hour from here. And we go up, my mother-in-law kept the kids, and we had a whole weekend. And it's just so peaceful. You can hike up there. There's the cutest little town with a delicious pizza place. Um, So anyway, it hit me because I, I guess it was three years ago we went, and we had all sorts of things happen. So this weekend was, this Um, December 17th weekend was completely different. But the contrast between the two showed me how much I've changed. And I wanted to share that with y'all because I think a lot of you are struggling and you don't even know you're struggling, but you just know that you can't keep doing things the way you've been doing them. 
And as January hits us, it's like, okay, I need to change. I need to make things better. I don't want to spend this year like I spent last year. Um, So three years ago, we were hiking, my husband and I, and we came to this area that was flooded. The creek had taken over the path and you couldn't get across. And instead of seeing this as a sign, like, all right, let's turn around and go back. I was bullheaded, determined, ego took over. And I was like, we can totally do this. You know, we're going to find a way to cross. So we kept walking through the woods along the creek until we came um, to a big tree that had fallen across. It actually wasn't a big tree. It was probably, (laughs) I was going to say the size of my thigh. (laughs) I don't know how big it was, but it wasn't a huge tree and it was dead. So I had been doing my yoga teacher training and I was like, girl, balance is my thing, except I was talking to my husband. So I wouldn't have been saying girl, but anyway, so balance was my thing. I can do this. I could, you know, skip across it if I want to, but that's not what happened. My husband went across first and I I filmed him because I was convinced he was going to fall in the water and I wanted it on film. And then when it was my turn, I started across and I froze. And I didn't realize I had such a fear of heights. And it wasn't even that high. It was probably six feet off the ground until I would hit the water. Um, but I froze and I it, I started uh, laughing at first because he said he was going to film me and he was being silly and, you know, he was on the other side sort of heckling me and I, I was just frozen. And so many of you may find yourself in that position where you are just stuck and you're frozen and you're like, I don't know what to do, but I can't, I can't get to the other side. I don't want to go back. Um, if I don't make it, I'm going to fall. Bad things are going to happen. So I stayed stuck up there for quite a while. I would guess, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes. And I wasn't just stuck in a standing position. I was stuck in this sort of lunge position. So I had one foot out in front of me. That knee was bent, you know, like in a lunge. And your legs can only hold you up in a lunge so long before they start shaking. And so I'd been laughing and then all of a sudden I was crying because it's one of those hysterical laughs that turns into a sob and then pretty soon you're crying. And I had so much mucus running out of my nose and my eyes were filled with tears. And I mean, it really, it it was a cold day. It was in the 30s. Um, The water was really cold, but it wasn't, you know, you ask yourself like, what is the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is I could fall in the water and it wasn't uh, super deep. I could stand up in the water. I wouldn't drown. But in our minds, we get it to just this horrible prediction of life is going to be over. I've told you all about my worries with my kids. I always imagine, you know, worst case, they're in juvenile detention, um, daughter's pregnant and addicted to drugs or son gets somebody pregnant. You know, you imagine all these things, but even the worst case, you know, I have friends who've kids, whose kids have um, had trouble with drugs and it's, you can get through anything, but sometimes just knowing what the worst case is will allow you to say, okay, and then what? And then I would do whatever. That's what kept me stuck at that job for so long. I was like, 
this, it will be horrible. She'll sue me. My doctor will sue me because um, I'm leaving. I'm breaking my contract, um, which I wasn't. But, you know, in my mind, it was like, I'll be ruined. I'll never be able to work in this town again. My reputation will be tainted. Um, you know, all these terrible things. If you can think of, okay, what is the worst thing that would happen? And then deal with it. Just say, and then what? And then what? And keep asking, and then what? And you'll be surprised that you'll be able to come up with answers. But in the moment, it's really hard. So when I was crossing over that log, I was not able to think clearly, and then what? And then what? Because if I had, I would have known to take my keys out of my pocket and toss them to my husband. So that's a foreshadowing of what happened. So I finally, my husband said, squat down, just squat down, grab the log. You can scoot across, you know, like straddle the log and scoot across. And so that seemed like the only answer after being frozen there. So I started lowering myself. But as I said, I'd been stuck in this lunge position. So my legs were like jelly. And so as I started squatting down, like trying to make my lunge go as low as possible so I could straddle this log. Um, I just, now it's funny, but I lost balance and just fell in the water. And I, on the way down, I tried to grab the log, like, you know, like a cartoon character, grab it from underneath so that I was hanging under the log. Um, but my arms weren't strong enough. So I tumbled into the water <laughs> back first. So picture me all fours, except I'm upside down. So I fell back first into the water and it was frigid. So worst case scenario happened. I let go because I couldn't stay in that situation any longer. So I finally let go and faced worst case. So I plopped down into the water, um, submerged just for a second, but I can stand up. So I stand up in the water, <laughs> soaking wet my thick winter hiking clothes, everything is soaked. Uh, and my husband says, are you all right? And I scream, all right, as I'm kind of sobbing and I look to the bank and th thankfully I climbed up the bank that, um, that we were already on. Because if I had gone the other way, <laughs> then I would have been stuck on the other side. But anyway, so I climbed up the bank and it was muddy and I'm like just digging into the roots to pull myself up out of this creek. And we get out. My husband lively jumps over the log and makes his way back to the bank we started on. And we had we had to work together. He, um, I stripped down to my sports bra, left my leggings on, and he let me wear his down coat. And we carried my sopping wet clothes all the way back down the trail, like 30 minutes down the trail. We get to our van and I had the only set of keys and the keys are nowhere to be found and the door won't unlock. So we, we didn't even anticipate that. So a lot of times when you're worried about worst case scenario, you, there are things are going to happen that you can't even predict. So that's a lot of, um, a lot of unnecessary worry. Cause there's no, if I'd been in that situation stuck and I'd thought, okay, what happens if my key fob gets wet? What happens if I lose my keys when I fall? So we made our way back down the trail 
another 30 minutes. I am shivering at this point because it's still about 30 degrees. My hair's wet. My feet are soaking wet. And we look because we don't know where the key is. So we look the whole time we're walking. We can't like run. We're just looking, scanning the ground. There's a fall leaves. The key fob is black. There's no silver key. It's just a key fob and no key. So we get to the water and I happen to see a tiny glint of the little silver ring that's on the black key fob in the water. Ah, it's back in the frigid water. So I had to get back in the water. My husband offered, but I was like, well, I'm already soaking wet. There's no point in you getting your feet wet too. So I get back in the water, I get the key fob, and we this time we did run back because I was starting to get hypothermia, I think. Um, we get all the way back. We're praying that the key fob works because, as I said, we didn't have a key. So we shake it out the whole way and we're blowing on it. And thank goodness it opened up the van. All right, so we get in, we crank it up, we turn on the heat. I had not had my phone with me when we um, went on this adventure. I'd left my phone in the van, which is highly unusual. Usually I'm taking pictures and checking text and doing all those things you shouldn't do while you're hiking. And I look at my messages and the camp, we dropped our son off at a winter camp. So just a weekend winter camp in the area. And the camp had called and he was throwing up. And this message had been left, I don't know, 30 or 45 minutes earlier. It was a 30-minute drive to the camp. And the place we were staying was not on the way. So it made sense to go ahead and go to the camp. Except I'm wearing nothing but a sports bra and a down coat and leggings. So we blasted the heater. I took my socks off. I even um, I, I stripped down as much as would be appropriate if we got pulled over. And we hightail it to the camp. I have to, as we're pulling into the camp, I'm putting my wet leggings back on, putting my shirt on, putting my coat on. We go in, we get him, bless his heart. He was looking half dead, laying on a cot. And we ended up leaving him at the house we were staying and going down to the cute little pizza place and having a beer because he didn't feel good. So we just left him there. But all this to say... When we went this year, we went on the same hike and the hope this time was not willing to, to do something that she didn't really want to do deep in her heart. So I decided, you know what? I don't want to do that hike. I don't want to try to cross a log. I mean, we laughed about it, but I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I know myself. I know my limits. I have a fear of heights like that, so I'm not going to do it. I don't want to put myself in that situation. And that's the beauty that these situations give us. They teach us. You probably won't learn it in that moment. It may be months. It may be years. But any horrible, <clears throat> bad situation you find yourself in, one day you will ask yourself, what did that teach me? And I guarantee you, it made you a different person. It changed you. It changed your future decisions you'll make about difficult situations. Um, so anyway, I was thinking about that as we were there this year. I turned 45 and I was taking a break from podcasting, from my newsletter, from marketing and all this kind of stuff. And it felt so good. And I had to keep asking myself, what do you really want to do? What do you really want to do? 
from a heart place, from a soul place, not from an ego place. My gosh, I get so caught up in what everybody else is doing and what I should be doing. You know, I've said for years I wanted to write a book and I keep putting it off, putting it off. And I was thinking, oh, I should have a podcast because, you know, you need a platform, whatever platform means. But you need a platform if you're going to write a book. And I should um, join a writing group and I should do this. <clears throat> so for these last three weeks, I've really taken a hard look at what do I want to do? Do I want to wake up every Sunday and write a newsletter? The answer is I don't think so. I think I want to do it when I feel like doing it and not not make myself do it every Sunday. I want you to look at what you're doing in your life that feels like it's sucking the life out of you. The, the newsletter was not sucking the life out of me, but I have done plenty of things. I have continued to do plenty of things that were sucking the life out of me just because I either didn't want to disappoint somebody, I thought I should keep doing it, or I didn't have an alternative yet. So I wanted to have like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So I wanted to know what the next thing was before I took that leap. But over the last few years, I have gotten better at checking in with myself, getting really quiet and trying to ask myself like deep down, like when you when you're on your deathbed, Hope, what is it that you're going to be like really glad you did? Am I going to be glad that I kept doing something I didn't really want to be doing? When I was um, when I was burned out this last time, so I liked my job, but I was just burned out. I kept describing it as it feels like I'm wearing shoes, the, the same pair of shoes, the right size, but I'm wearing them on the wrong feet. So everything felt harder. It felt I felt more tired at the end of the day. It was this sort of drudgery and uh, mild form of dread, but it was still dread. And it was like, how do I keep doing this? My feet hurt. I don't want to keep doing this. And so I, I'm trying to spend this year examining those situations where I'm wearing shoes on the wrong feet and take off those god-awful shoes. Just don't keep wearing them. It's your life. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and you know, she was talking about this new chapter of her life, and we talked about how it's you are the author and the main character. You get to write out the plot. You get to use your voice. If there's something going on in your life that you strongly don't like that's causing you angst or pain or depression, dread, you have a voice. Like this is your one wild and precious life. This is how you avoid resentment. Resentment is poison. When we are resentful about something, we are drinking poison. My therapist said, um, this was a few weeks ago and I was kind of in a bad spot. And she said, you are pissed off as hell. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm pissed off at this person. And she's like, no, no, no. You are pissed off at yourself, at your pleaser part for not speaking up. You know, and we talked about parts. She's a parts therapist. So she, she, we talked about the resentful part. And I had a strong, I still have a strong resentful part. And she is oftentimes mad at my pleaser part because I won't speak up and say what I want to do. I will just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until one day I just blow up like a volcano. So ask yourself what it is you are complaining about. 
What is it that you complain about or drag your feet about or make this noise? Oh, think about it. Like, when is the last time you made that noise about something or about someone? So behind every complaint is a desire. I got that from a master coach, master wayfinder coach called Inger Kenobi. She's super smart. And, um, and she says behind every complaint is a desire. If you're spinning in that frustration and complaining, you're not getting anything done. You're not moving forward. So you have to identify like what is the hidden desire behind it? Um, you know, I mentioned that I wanted to write a book and so the thing I complain about is whatever else is taking up my time. Like, oh, I need to edit the podcast or I guess I need to do a newsletter or I guess I need to put something on social media. And behind that complaint is, is a desire. Like, I want to do what I was put here to do. <clears throat> so if you identify the hidden desire, then you start problem solving. Inger Kenobi also says, like, uh, historically, it's been safer for women to complain than to admit their true desire. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Let me drink some coffee. Yeah, so it, it hasn't felt safe for me for years to voice what I really feel. And by safe, I don't mean I'm in danger. I just mean, you know, we talked about as girls, especially in the South, it's like, be sweet. You be sweet now. And I find myself saying that to my daughter, like, all right, now be a sweet girl. Be sweet to the neighbor. And that's, you know, instead, I probably should say, what are you really feeling? <laughs> let's, let's say what's really on your mind. Oh, I feel better. Thank y'all for listening. If you're in that stuck position where you're like I was in the lunge position, you cannot stay there. You really can't. You can't try staying in a lunge position <laughs> and see how long you can maintain that. You're going to have to do something. You're either going to have to like muster up the courage to get to the other side and see what the other bank is like, explore that hiking trail. I was not in a position to do that. Uh, I had waited too long. I was too, uh, I don't know, the situation was so bad I couldn't make it to the other side. <laughs> but if you're stuck in the middle, I mean, you could go back and keep doing what you've been doing. I have a friend who tried her own business. She tried doing like a um, helping women with diabetes um, figure out what to eat and really take charge of their health. And she did that for a year and invested her time and her money in it. And then finally, she said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my other job, the job that I left. And I talked to her a little while after that, and she's like, gosh, the relief. I mean, it's just such a relief to not have to do this on my own and to be able to just leave work at work. So going back to the other bank may not be all that bad. It would probably be better than falling into the water, you know, and losing all that time that we lost and being uh, freezing. So, yeah, think about yourself metaphorically on the log, stuck, and what do you need to do? Do you need to make it to the other side? Do you need to just get in the water and get it over with? Or do you want to go back and just stay put for a little while? Maybe you're not ready to make a move. All right, so y'all reach out if you have any thoughts or if you want to explore coaching. It's um, just email me, hope.cook at gmail.com. I'm trying to do less social media. 
y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.